The following talk is an excerpt from a Connect Group talk by Liz Markovich at St. Francis de Sales. This talk is on media, entertainment, and leisure, and is used with her permission. And if we become what we behold, then we have to take a really good look at the impact that media has on us. And we have to think about what we put in front of our eyes, what we're, what we're taking in through our senses. So there are three kind of discerning principles that we can think about when we're trying to uh, decide if something is, is something that we should be taking in or something that we um, need to, um, to leave, to leave behind. And one of those, one of those principles is we have to ask the question, is it good? Is, is what I'm taking in good? Is this something that reflects God's goodness or something that demonstrates something that's not part of God's plan, something that's not the way God designed life to be? And is this good in accordance with God's commandments to us? Or is it contrary to what the Lord has asked of us? Does it direct our hearts and our minds to obedience or disobedience? So is it good? Another thing that we can ask is, is it true? Is what I'm watching, what I'm posting, what I'm taking in, does it reflect the truth of who God is and the truth of who I am as a child of God? And does it demonstrate the plan of God for human flourishing? And is it faithful to everything else that God has already revealed to us to, to be true? So is it good? Is it true? The third discerning principle is, is, is it beautiful? Is this a reflection of divine life? Does this point to heaven or does this look more like hell or like evil? So is it true? Is it good? Is it beautiful? That's how we can discern what we take in. But in addition to this proper discernment, we also need to consider how much we take in. Uh, and that's where asceticism and self-discipline come in. Because of the negative impact that it can have on us and the diversion that it can create from reality and union with God and this life of dissipation that it can lead to, it's very important that we avoid overindulgence in media and technology and entertainment. And because it's something that we often can find ourselves engaging in passively, it can take a bit of effort um, to discipline ourselves and to change any bad habits that may have developed. So I just want to give you a few suggestions, a few, a few practical things that you might consider um, doing in order to begin disciplining yourself from the use of media and technology. The first is to consider setting periods of time that are completely technology free, whether that's a number of given periods throughout the day or perhaps just in the evening after dinner. Um, another thing you can do is media fast in general, just giving up all social media, um, being off Facebook and Instagram and um, Snapchat, any other apps that you might be using um, and just see what life is like without that, what kind of time you gain, what kind of relationships you build. Um, some people may find it helpful to delete social media altogether um, or maybe even change devices, um, change phones to something that's simpler or maybe turn off browsers on your phone so that you don't spend a lot of time um, scrolling and searching through things unnecessarily. Um, and I think it's important to remember that when we engage in asceticism, we aren't saying no for the sake of saying no, but rather we're saying no to certain things so that we might become free from the holds that the world, the flesh, the devil, those obstacles to holiness um, can have on us, particularly in this case through entertainment. 
um, so that we can say yes to greater things that the Lord has for us. Um, and we encounter those greater things when we come in contact with God, but we have to make space for God. We have to, when we, when we behold the Lord though, um, we, we encounter these greater things. So it's essential that we acquire a taste for silent prayer and the ability to just be with God. In his book, The Power of Silence, Robert Cardinal Seurat says that too few Christians today are willing to look back inside themselves so as to look at themselves and let God look at them. I insist, he says, too few are willing to confront God in silence by coming to be burned in the great face-to-face -face encounter. In killing silence, man assassinates God. But who will help man to be quiet? His mobile phone is continuously ringing. His fingers and mind are always busy sending messages. Developing this taste for prayer is probably the first and foremost battle of our age, he says. So our, our world tells us that we should always be busy, that we should always be entertained. So we have, we have these. Um, for many, this diversion has become reliance on an idol, um, on a God that, that doesn't shine light into dark places of our lives, but rather blinds us and keeps us in the dark, rendering us incapable of seeing the light of the gospel and the promise of abundant life that Jesus offers us. In a certain sense, we, like St. Paul, can say that the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of Christ, who is in the likeness of God. And this is really sad. Not being able to see is, is devastating to the human person. And so how do we see again? That's the question. Um, I think the answer is silent prayer. We talk to God and listen to God in, in silence. And to do this, we, we have to eliminate both audio and visual noise um, so that by having external silence, we can open ourselves up to a greater internal silence. 